99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 bottles of beer. You take one down, you pass it around. Tristan, 98 bottles of beer on the wall. Sister Carissa, that is the thousandth time you've done this. You just, you just have like a program that runs it for you? No. It is just one of the easier songs to sing as a computer. So you're telling me you type, you're typing in there with your little micro movements with your hand, 99 bottles of beer on the wall. You're doing all that work for what? Your monotone. It does not sound as beautiful as it might have in the olden days. You telling me you had a good voice? I would like to think so. You know, it's hard for me to ever think that you were like a person because right now to me you're basically a cyborg. Well, to be fair, Tristan, you never met me as a woman. Well, I mean, I mean, I still am I a woman. I thought you still but... were. I mean, I saw the I saw the biological components of you, but um frankly, I don't tr I don't trust fully anything that isn't human and I don't trust computers, so yeah. Tristan Feel the hard component under my shirt, where my heart would be if it was still beating. And tell me the whirring engine does not remind you of the heartbeat. <laughs> Let me feel it. This isn't a ploy for me to feel your tit, is it? No, it is just to show you that I am still human despite my disability. Oh my god, what's this runoff, Diesel? Yes. Oh, let me turn up the revs here. Oh, oh Tristan. If you use too much diesel, I will not have enough to get through the rest of our banishment here. So you're telling me you only have a finite amount of gas and you came to an island where there's no gas sources? There was really no other choice, Tristan. But how are we gonna fill you up? How do I check your gas tank? They didn't quite tell me that at the hospital. Sister No didn't really get the best of doctors when she was looking. I mean, she must have got some good ones. You're a fucking cyborg. I've never seen a cyborg. I've never seen a human that ran off a diesel. Well, do you remember Cyborg from Teen Titans? The black one? Yes, the black one. He could stand up and walk around. Clearly he had better doctors than me. I mean, you're right, but I think you're pretty, like, you don't even have a heart. Well, it's in there. It is just running like with a wheel inside it, like a hamster. And the wheel is powered by diesel. I'm sure you're happy to be on Goat Island with the gas prices fucking soaring up the roof. I am hoping that maybe the goats will know some sort of alternate fuel system. Sister Carissa, what is that? That's what a, do you see? That's a BP. A BP? That looks like a BP in the distance. The gas station? British Petroleum, Sister Carissa. I'm telling you, look over there. Oh, wait. Let me, let me move you. I think it is a mirage, Tristan. There's no mirages here. Here, I'm gonna hop on. I'm turning up the revs. Oh, Tristan. You are going to give me a heart attack. Hold on, let me put on the radio. Station. Where's the diesel sign though? Excuse me, coach attendant. Do you sell diesel fuel? E what? Diesel fuel? What? Diesel fuel? Do we sell diesel? Diesel fuel. We sell unleaded in corn fuel. Corn? 
Will that supplement for Diesel? Yes. He don't sound too sure of himself. Well, it's either put corn fuel in me, or I die. Oh, yeah, half a tank. I don't think you're gonna die anytime soon. I mean, is there any place around here you think that has diesel? P.S.S.H. I've never been to Goat Island. How would I know? Uh, the closest diesel uh, is on the other side of Goat India. The other side? Well, we're headed. No. No. Where are you headed? We are trying to get to Goat Island. The center of it. <laughs> Was it something I said? Oh my god, get down. Where is he? No, not in here. Oh, no. DG, where are you? Oh my god, where is he? Uh, hello? DG, DG, What's up, dude? What's going on? Okay, What's going on? listen. I just got a call from the gas station attendant, and he is down there stalling right now. Guess what? Tristan and sister Carissa. They're on their way here right now. No way. I swear to God, he just called me. We gotta arm the forces, dude. That's what I'm saying. Listen, the good thing is, the gas station attendant, he told them to put corn fuel in for diesel. She's going to be ruined. They're not going to be able to get here anytime soon. Awesome, awesome. Dude, that was such a good idea, you putting them on the payroll. I know, I know. It was, well, we definitely needed it to get the trucks back and forth to Goat India. I mean, really... I'm gonna be totally real with you, dude. I thought it was a fucking... I thought you were going way overboard with this whole thing. But, like, after I saw, you know, all of you guys getting, you know, fucked mercilessly. Yes, it was awful, DG, and you're so lucky that you got out of it. Oh, dude, it's a fucking blessing every day. I fucking... I, you know I don't like anybody touching my butt. I know you wouldn't even let the doctor give you an exam. I mean, he did no, while you were no. asleep, but... Uh, yeah, he did. But that wasn't under my consent, and I'm, I'm still going to sue him for medical malpractice for that. I think you have a case, really. I do. That's what everybody's telling me, is that I have a case. Like, I'm gonna, I told him, last time I saw him, I'm going to find a lawyer, and I'm going to sue you, and you're going to be done. I'm going to take away your medical license. I, yeah, I think you should. I mean, I, I told my cousin when she died of a very natural causes about not taking care of her kidney while she was in renal failure, she was not even supposed to, she should never have been alive in the first place with the bad renal failure she was in. And I told her when she died of very normal causes related to that, I'm going to sue your doctor. Hold on, you're telling me she died of natural causes, but you still wanted to sue her doctor? Oh, it's natural, man. Yeah, I mean, if they can't keep, isn't that what a doctor's supposed to do? Keep people alive? No, they're supposed to keep you alive. And they're supposed yeah. to, like, do everything they, you know, they're supposed to keep you alive even if you refuse their care. Yeah, right. That's I the mean, point. I mean, they have alternative medicine she didn't have a dnr or anything like that she wanted to live really i mean every night she went to bed and said see you in the morning i hope because she was so afraid to die so trust me she wanted to live oh that's horrible dude did you end up suing yeah and we lost oh nothing you can do when they're in renal failure that's the corrupt system dude that's the corrupt eh. system here give me hooves real quick nux on that one brother hey you have your bounty hunter's license right yeah of course i do what I thought. Let's, uh, bust up in the ATV, the goat ATV, and pick up these bastards. Alright, let me put on my helmet. This corn fuel is hurting my organs. Oh my god. Sister Carissa, hang with me. Why did you tell us we could put corn fuel in a diesel engine? It is so sticky. My heart is not beating as fast. She's fucking flatlining. Hold on, I'm gonna try to use this lawn mow it. 
I'm gonna pull your strings. I'm gonna keep you alive. There they are! Look, they're threatening the gas station attendant with a lawnmower. Get him, DG. Use the tranquilizer. Oh fuck! I've been shot. Oh my God, Sister Carissa, you what the fuck was that? Oh no! Look out, Tristan! <laughs> oh, oh, that feels good. Are you all right, gas station? What's your name, by the way? <laughs> what? What's your name? Are you all right? Uh, my name's Bill. Bill. We've met ten times, Clark. I know, but it's, you know, when you run a business as big as Capital Cheese, it's really hard to keep track of these people, especially when you work off-site like you do, but did they try to do anything bad? Like, are you alright? Uh, they were pretty ticked off when I put corn fuel in Is she gonna be okay? Not, uh, well, not exactly sure, but, uh, luckily there's some diesel fuel back at the, uh, we got a shipment of diesel jeans in. Aw, oh, dude, diesel jeans. Yeah, the reason they are called that is because they come soaked in diesel, so we ring, if we wring out some of the diesel jeans, we can, you know, clean her out and see what they were doing. Dude, those are my diesel jeans, why are you gonna soak them out? Well, we we can take some of the pairs of jeans and soak the diesel out of them. Yeah, but like I, I'm the. There's no like we who ordered the diesel jeans. I ordered the diesel jeans. You wait. So the shipment of diesel jeans, the pallet of thousands of diesel jeans that got shipped in. That's what you ordered. That no, I mean the pallet's not just diesel jeans. It's diesel, Adderall, glasses of whiskey. And diesel jeans. Oh, I see. I see. Is it some sort of shower time ritual? Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. I mean, you can't... Okay, so listen, I know you can't stand... I bought it with my survivor money, dude. Like, it's not... I know it's not... Listen, okay, DG, how about this? Capital Cheese is in a, is in a position to buy three or four pairs of the diesel jeans. How much would you sell them for? Uh, In fact, we don't even want the jeans. We just want the diesel. We'll soak the diesel out. You keep the jeans. Uh, I mean, I'd have to do an acid wash on them to get the diesel off. And at that point, I'd had acid wash jeans, so I wouldn't even want them. So you could have those, too. Do you want a pair of acid wash jeans? I could give you an acid wash jeans and diesel combo. So you'll give me the acid wash jeans and then separately the diesel that was wrung out of the acid wash jeans? Yeah, I do. I do it for like seventy nine ninety nine a pair. Okay, so mm, yeah, okay. I think Capital Cheese will definitely do that. Let's shake on it. No, hold on. No, you'll if you'll definitely do it one fifty. Hey, whoa, 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 Bill. Did you see what? Did you see that? You heard him say seventy nine ninety nine, right? All is fair in business. Is this because I forgot your name? I remembered it now, Bill. Come on, Bill. The CEO of my company remembers my name. That's all I have to say about that. So, that's what, is it $79.99, right? Dude, you run an entire cheese firm, you can give me $150 per gene. So if that's four uh, pairs, what's that, $600 to give it? Okay, but DG, you're my best friend. Yeah. Especially since Tristan left, I mean, we've gone on more trips together and traveled the world together. You're really going to nickel and dime me over some jeans? I'm not, I'm not nickel and diamond, I just, you know, I paid good money for them. Uh, whatever. $600. And you know what, Bill? Fuck you. You're fired. Should've stood up better for me. He can't fire me, Clark. Did you, did you just hear what he had said? Yeah, I think he said you can't fire him. <laughs> I don't know why he would say that. 
Uh, Bill. I'm gonna dart him. Thank you, Tristan. Let's get these people down to the jail. Why are you still calling me Tristan, dude? Oh, shit. Uh, sorry, DG. That's uh, why I'm not giving you it at the $79.99 price I originally said. All right, I understand. Let's. Sorry, DG. Let's get these guys down to the jail. Here, you throw them on my back and then pick them up and put them on the ATV. All right. Uh, okay, and uh, this one's not this heavy. Uh, and Bill. Uh, well, you know, we don't need to put no, Bill just, in. No, just leave him here, dude. He'll wake up in a few hours. You don't have to, like, put our balls on him? Uh, like, do you bag him? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's get a picture of, like, mine and yours at the same time. Uh, yes, let's do it. Okay. Here, now here, you just gotta press the volume volume up button. Don't bother with oh, that button. Okay, here we go. No, 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 you have the wrong button, dude. So, sorry, I locked it here. You have to put your passcode in. All right. All right, okay, now put your balls, I'll put my balls on, I'll rest my balls on his right eye, and you put your balls in his left eye. Oh, let's cover him up. Hey, oh, DG. Hey, oh, DG, your penis. Oh, don't, hold on, sorry, dude. Hangs to the right sometimes. Uh, that's all right, I mean, it just like it touched the tip of my penis, I wasn't, like, expecting that. I mean, that. like, I'm not denying it didn't feel a little good. You know, uh... You never felt what Big Red did to us, and on some level, uh, kind of felt good. What are you talking about, dude? You cried for a month straight. Well, I'm a lot smaller than him, DG, and I don't know, I mean, the tips of our dicks touched, and it felt good, and I'm just... Nah, dude. It, nah, dude, it ain't like that. Just because it felt good don't mean, like, it's like that kind of thing, dude. Like, you got Beverly. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Let's just take this picture and forget that our penises ever touched. Yeah. And that I yeah. said what I said. Yeah. Uh, Alright. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good picture. Okay, come on. Why have you chained me up? Because uh, you're a bad dude. Sister Carissa, we've told you again and again. Tristan already told us everything. If you want to get off scot-free... You're going to have to tell us what you are really doing here. I am telling you, we are coming in peace. Also, I know that Tristan has not said anything. He is passed out in the corner. Oh shit, ah oh, fuck, DG, I told you to keep him in the other cell. No you didn't, dude, you told me to throw him in here. Well, how are we supposed to do good cop, bad cop and pit them against each other if they know... That they're in the well, same... how we're supposed to do it now, right, when Sister... Cur well, she doesn't really... I don't think she really knows much. I am fully cognizant of what is going on and I'm aware of what you are doing right now. <laughs> do you hear something, Clark? Honestly, I don't... It, part of what I do to accept people with disabilities is I don't even look at them. I don't either. It makes me uncomfortable. Well, it's not that it makes me uncomfortable. It's like I don't when I walk down the street, I don't look at anybody. So if I'm looking at the disabled person, that's making them feel different. Well, right now, dude, I'm looking her right in the eye, and she has a classy look, and it's really tripping me out. I don't think there's any sort of love or anything behind those eyes. There is definitely no love behind these eyes right now because I am angry and full of corn fuel. We got as much of it out as we could, Sister Carissa. Honestly, I don't know what you expect. You're the enemy. We put enough diesel fuel in you to get you running again and now we just want to know why the fuck you and S Tristan are coming here after a month after being raped in the ass why are you coming here now 
You will have to wait until Tristan wakes up if you don't believe me. Wake his ass up, DG. You got any smelling salts? What? Smelling salt? To wake him up? Yeah, like, uh, or can you, like, kick him? Yeah, here. Oh! Oh. Oh. Tristan? Clock? DG, what the fuck are you doing here? Tristan? Where the fuck am I? You are tied up. You're in jail in Goat Island, okay? Why the fuck am I... Oh, I made it to Gold Island, thank god. It is not a relaxing place. They think we are enemies still. No. 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 Yes! Yes! No. Clock, what are you doing to me? I'm your best friend. Best- Tristan, where have you been for the last month? With the enemy, I've been you with stayed- I've no. I'm sorry. Exa exactly! And you think you can just walk back in here and- She mind-controlled me! And she's mind-controlling you now into no. liking a- into liking Sister Carissa and bringing her here too! Sister Carissa, she mind-controlled her too. Sister Carissa's a sweetheart, tell him, sis. She tricked me into everything and then kicked us off the island after she had Big Red. We are completely converted. Let me- let How am I supposed to believe that? Especially from you, Tristan. You- you broke up with Shelly Ann and all of us in front of everybody and- Well, I mean, I don't regret doing that. See? I can't believe you would take her side in this. You saw what Big Red did to us. Why don't you think he didn't do that to her? I mean, he did. She just didn't tell me about it. Oh my god, Tristan. Shelly Ann is a whole other subject. She, as soon as we got back here, she went right back to Goat India. Haven't seen her since. She's eat, praying, and loving again. Of course again. she did. The fucking cringe-ass eat, pray, love shit. I'm done with it, Clark. I'm done with it. Because this is, listen, DG, you know how much Tristan loves Shelly Ann. Right here, this is this is how you know. Dude, I've never seen a love like it. She, he is under mind control right now. Clock, I'm not under fucking mind control. He is heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. I, listen, I guess I understand, Tristan, but why now? Why now you come back after a whole month of this betrayal? Do you want me to tell you the truth? Yes. Yeah, we can guarantee he tells the truth if we put him full of truth serum. DG, you never told me you guys had truth serum. Yeah, we got truth serum here. Where did you get it? Oh, uh, from the doctor. Oh, Dr. Xavier. Okay, well, if Dr. Xavier gave it, then uh, I'm willing to try it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll take some truth serum. You'll take the truth serum, Tristan? I'll do it. I'll just tell you the truth right now. Listen, I spent a month with her. I, I, was kind of, I thought it was kind of cool at first, but, like, they're kind of evil. They're kind of douchebags. They're definitely evil, Tristan. I mean, the fact that you would even go and spend time with them and need to come to find that after a month. I didn't spend time with them originally because I thought it was a good thing. I spent time with them because they kidnapped me and then I, you know, I got upset with Shelly Ann. What's that syndrome called where you start to sympathize with your kidnapper? Stockholm. I think you've got it, brother. I don't got it anymore. I'm here. And now I'm starting to sympathize with you. You're starting to sympathize with me? You're my captor. You're keeping me held captive. Oh, that is completely different. Can I make you some porridge? No, Tristan, come on. Snap out of it. DG, you're looking so good today. Thanks, dude. No, he, he doesn't seem all that bad, dude. Oh, oh, God. Sister Carissa, what was your intention coming here? We don't have any ill will except towards Sister No and Big Red. They only want or need each other and Sister No. Frankly, only wants immortality. She wants what? Immortality? Why does she think she's gonna get that here? Big Red is immortal. 
and, likely, so is Bertram. And if that is the case, why couldn't sister know? That is all she wants from it now. Wait, you telling me Bertram's immortal? Uh, well, I mean... He's looked the same ever since I was a kid. It kind of makes sense because, like, like they were saying in the, on the prophecy, that was made in the year eleven, and that was when Big Red got banished. And look, it's twenty twenty one. That was so long ago. Yeah, dude, you're telling me Bertram's fucking two thousand years old, dude. He should definitely be running this island. He knows a lot more than us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, let's not forget that he was he has mad goat disease. Now, just because we let him out of prison and put him under home arrest does not mean that he should be... Don't forget, he was a war criminal, too, and all that. Cluck, we all know that he doesn't have mad goat disease. We know you were making it up. Tristan, you... You do? Yeah. Well, listen, that's beside the point. The whole time Bertram has been running Goat Island, well, ever since I put the go ever since I put the currency in effect and then I took it back out of effect, Bertram has actually been running the country. I've just been coming down here and having meetings with him and doing what he says. So why have you been keeping that to yourself, dude? Well, it's embarrassing. I mean, I'm I was the council pointed me and uh you guys and you know, I I don't know, he was sick, and I didn't know how... You know, once you start lying, and you don't know how to get your way out of it? Kind of like the, uh... That fucking Todd Margaret. <laughs> very, very obscure reference, but... <laughs> but yes, just like Todd Margaret. David Cross is hilarious. Everything he does, he's a stitch. I, you know, I have to agree with you. Okay, Tristan, okay, listen. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Clark. I'm sorry too, Tristan, and you know... I'll let you out of prison because I, I, I trust you, but Sister Carissa has to stay. No. You're letting her out, too. Why do you want to keep me imprisoned? Because I don't know you, sister. And as far as I know, you could be... You could be Sister No in disguise. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Tristan, like, I, I think letting you out is cool. I think letting that thing out is, like, not good. Not good. Please. Please let me out. I promise. No, you let you let her out. I want to make a positive influence. What sort of positive influence could you make, Sister Carissa? I know all of her weaknesses. So do I, Sister Carissa. And you think that you think that I'm gonna let you out of that cell? There ain't no way. There ain't no way. Sister Marble, what are you doing here? Whoa, 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 whoa. Made a full-on conversion, and I'm in here running drills every day, preparing for the day you and your fucking boss come here. This is the fucking lady who came up with the idea to kill your cats, Clark. You're gonna let this lady out of jail? Hold on, Sister Carissa, you did what? Whoa, whoa, whoa! That is not what happened. Well, it sort of is, but you were taking. That it. is exactly what happened, Carissa, and there's no way we're taking it out of context. I was there, and you told Sister No to go out and sue us and make an ISIS video. We all know that means beheading. We all know that means a beheading. And what was the first thing she saw? Clark and Beverly's dog and cat. Therefore, by the rules of principle and the logic of Twitter, Sister Carissa is canceled. I have to agree. I think she should stay in prison. Yeah, no, keep it in here. That's disgusting. Sister Carissa, you're horrible. I understand, and I will do my time, if that is what it takes to prove to you that I am good. I just don't like, like, 
if this thing right here is willing to kill a cat and a dog, I don't know what, like, how you feel about goats. That's what I am saying. The whole time that, once I found out Sister No was on the Goat Island, or Goat India and Big Red Penis Island, I am sure she's killing goats. I'm sure of it too. I don't even know, I don't even have to tell you. I don't even have to know for records she's killed hundreds of goats since she's been here. I know it. Why do you think you know that, Sister Marble? Whoa, 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 because I know that lady's in her mind. I know her in her mind. <laughs> He's so cute, Sister Marble. Oh, thank you, Tristan. And you know, I'm, I forgive you for putting me in that Tupperware container. We were on different sides, and now we're on the same side, I think, because, whoa, 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 I think you can trust him, Brother Clark, okay? Well, you, you kind of know at the same time, I mean, you let Sister Marble in here, she's doing a thing. Why can't we, why can't Sister Carissa join the other side? Uh, you know, that's a pretty good point, uh... She did kill you, she did kill you, can you, dog? Tristan, why would you turn on me? I didn't know you killed a cat in the... Well, I'm, it's not that big of a deal. Not that big of a deal? I loved Cletus and Little Pisser. Clark, did you have anybody who was set to watch them after you left? Uh, Beverly said that her sister was supposed to come pick them up. Have you ever met Beverly's sister? Ooh. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, no. So this woman who you never met was supposed to come and take care of your cat and your dog indefinitely. They would have died of starvation anyway. Well, I didn't know we'd be gone forever. I kind of thought maybe at some point we would be able to sneak back and get them, but, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. You didn't think it through. I mean, you paid the consequences for what you didn't think through, and now Sister Carissa came in with an opportunity. When she was on the other side, she thought it was, you know, she thought it wouldn't have been a good idea. You're right. I'm kind of starting to change my tune. Please let me out, Clark. I promise. I promise beyond all promises that it will be worth your time. What do you say, DG? Uh, I say we blow darter and think about it. Mm. That sounds like something Sister No would do. It is exactly something she would do. DG, I'm going to let her out. And for the next 48 hours, I want you to watch her around the clock, okay? You got it. Is that okay for you, Sister Carissa? That will suffice. Please take me to where the goats are, give me peanut butter, and let me smear it where the sun don't shine. Oh! What the hell is she talking about? Ew! Sister Carissa, can you even feel? No, but it will at least pleasure the goats, and I can think about it. Okay, what this lady uh, is yeah, fucking I mean, weird. They probably would like that. I'm... Maybe. Whoa, 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 she's fucking disgusting. Hello and welcome to Motaf. Um, hello folks, we're back. <laughs> uh, and, you know, a few episodes ago, like months ago at this point, we talked about thalassophobia, the fear of deep bodies of water, and um, through that I, I found some other shipwrecks and other... Uh, disasters and that sort of thing to to be interesting, uh, which was something I've always kind of been interested in. Um, in some of my vlog clips, there will be times where there's like a vlog clip I remember where I stand up and I dedicate, I start singing taps and I dedicate it to the people who died in the Challenger space shuttle explosion <laughs> because I had just read all about it and I was like, dude, I'm like, that was fucking tragic. And so this has always kind of been something like, you know, I've, I like to do is like go back and like read these like minute details of, of disasters and just kind of 
live them through that way. It's really weird. It's like a morbid thing to do, but it's really fascinating. And uh, this one in particular that we're about to talk about uh, really more than any spoke to me as a, as a potential uh, gravy because there's kind of a mystery to it. Really? Yeah. And so I made this presentation uh, to kind of go through it, uh, but I also uh, just... I read a lot about it and watched some videos about it as well. So I'm hoping that it'll be uh, an interesting little uh, time, and uh, maybe we'll be doing some other disasters uh, in future episodes if this is uh, something that's entertaining. But without further ado, uh, by the way, check us out on YouTube to follow along with our uh, presentation here. But if you're listening only, I'll keep it entertaining. Uh, we are going to be talking about the USS Thresher disaster, uh, which it was a big-ass submarine um, that has been uh, lost uh, to time. Uh, according, to the, according to the U.S. Navy, it is on eternal watch uh, because it was lost at sea. That's just they they retire. It's kind of like when they retire a number uh, of somebody in basketball, and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to put this fucking nobody else can be number twenty because LeBron James was number twenty. I don't fucking know. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, it's like that legendary. Like nobody could take over that number. Yeah, exactly. So in that sense, the USS Thresher is not out of commission or sunk. It's on eternal watch. So just a little <laughs> something cute. <laughs> so it's not it's not decommissioned after the disaster it is of course it's like it technically is of course it's like everybody is dead and it's at the bottom of the ocean but it's like it's on eternal watch is what they call it kind of like uh, jesus you know, it must have been a, yeah. like the tomb of the unknown soldier yeah exactly like that where it's just kind of the this they like honorific honor yeah exactly exactly Lord, it must have been horrible yeah, it was it was not good. Uh, no matter which, no matter what ended up actually happening, uh, yeah, it was definitely a tragedy. Here we go. Ooh, <laughs> here he comes. He is deep sea exploring in his little his little yellow submarine there, and he's coming to take a quick. He's coming to take a look at us. I like that. Getting real close. <laughs> but don't worry. No, no, don't be alarmed. It's only me, uber successful film director James oh, Cameron. Shit. <laughs> He's still down here exploring the depths. Ever since I came down here and discovered the actual wreck of the literal Titanic, I have been a fucking slut for coming to the bottom of the ocean and just looking around. Have you ever heard of the USS Johnston? No. No, I haven't, James Cameron. Well, I mean, I guess I have, but <laughs> just playing, I'm playing along. No, I haven't, James Cameron. Probably not. I never made a movie about it. <laughs> James, you silly, silly goose. Say, let's take a quick trip over to the Philippine Trench. Okay, James. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Here we go. This is the Philippines Trench, or Mariana Trench. It is the deepest point of any ocean on Earth. I've spent so much time here daydreaming about avatars two through four. Oh, God. But I digress. Get <laughs> this over yourself, tri- James. <laughs> right, I fucking James hate. Cameron is hosting this. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fucking egotistical. <laughs> this trench holds a world of unknown magic and tragedy. Let's continue further down. 
Here goes James. <laughs> Scary, isn't it? <laughs> we see uh, the remains of a juddered, of a jagged shipwreck uh, on the bottom of the ocean floor. This is the wreck of the USS Johnston. I didn't know the submarine was a box. <laughs> yeah, right. It looks really odd. Is that really a submarine? Oh yeah, that's the that's a part of the hull of the USS Johnston. Oh. So it's unclear. You know, I don't know what kind of what size that piece actually is or anything like that, but or what we're actually looking at there. It's just part of the wreckage of the USS Johnston. Okay. Commissioned and launched in 1943 at the height of World War II. <laughs> The USS Johnston was built as a warship armed with torpedoes and guns. Also, the Johnston was a ship. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Johnston was a ship. Yes. It, so this part, I for, I'm getting confused here too. This, the part that we were looking at, could have been one of any parts of this like side oh, of the hull okay, there. Okay, I guess. Okay. Yeah, because it was kind of more boxy like that. Armed with torpedoes and guns. You're goddamn right it was. Hi, I'm Commander Ernest E. Evans, the former captain of this vessel. I had fucking balls of absolute <laughs> <Literal>. steel. <laughs> yeah, literally. In fact, I told my crew the day we were launching this boat, quote, This is going to be a fighting vessel. I intend to go into harm's way, and anyone who doesn't want to go along better get off right now. Lord. <laughs> Was this for World War II? It was. Lord. It was uh, 1943, so he was he was ready to get in there and kill some people. You know, this was like right as the U.S. was getting involved into the war. Uh, it was, well, and kind of starting to wind down, too, but it was definitely the height of it. And uh, go into harm's way, the USS Johnston did. The USS Johnston was sunk by the Japanese Damn. during the battle off of Samar. The battle itself, it's not too interesting or exciting. It was World War II after all, and you just heard the captain say that he wanted to die, so it's no it's not necessarily a tragedy in the same way like the Titanic is. It's like, well, they were in battle and they they lost. Might have been like a Lieutenant Dan situation, like my my grandpa died in the Civil War. Yeah, exactly. My great 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 grandpa died in the Revolutionary War. I will die in this war. Yeah, exactly. And so he's like, "I'm going. We are going into harm's way," and they did. Um, they got a nice. They got a really good captain to lead that ship. Oh, for sure. I mean, and in fact, after uh, after the battle off Samar, he was posthumous posthumously. Uh, awarded with uh, whatever, I don't think it was a Purple Heart, but it was, you know, whatever other high military honor a civilian can receive. So uh, he was he was honored after he died for his acts of bravery uh, here in the battle off Samar, um, which included uh, giving his life um, and sinking to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Jesus. What is of note, though, is the wreckage itself. Uh, not necessarily that it sunk, like I'm saying. It's not like they just struck an iceberg. You know, they were they were looking for battle, and you know, they won many little battles, but they they did not win the battle off Samar. The USS Johnson is officially the deepest discovered shipwreck. Of course, there are plenty of other ships that may have been crashed and and may lie deeper in the ocean that have not been yet discovered. But the USS Johnston right now is the deepest shipwreck at a depth of 20,406 oh feet. 
below the ocean's surface. Now, this wreck went undiscovered for 75 years. Now, obviously... So they just found it in the 2000s? Yes, they just found it this year. What? They just found it in 2021, yeah. Holy which is crazy shit. to believe. Yeah, uh, they, they just... Well, they found it in 2019, but they just confirmed that it was the USS Johnston this year when they found more pieces that they could identify with... Um, signal you know numbers or whatever that they were like okay yeah that's definitely the uss johnston and not some but it was technically discovered in 2019 on sonar but even then to go from 1943 to to sink in 1943 and then not be found until 2019 and not be confirmed until 2021 that's crazy i mean it's just sitting down there for 75 years lost they had no idea where it was i wonder if their body's still down there like at least skeletons yeah, I mean, I wonder because you know there was that one diving story we that we had talked about in the Thalassophobia episode yeah. where, like that, yeah, where the like they found a skeleton that had been like all the flesh had been eaten off of it, but it was yeah, there very well could be. And I mean, that's part of the thing with like the a lot of these shipwrecks is people want to exhume them or they want to go down and tour them, uh, and people are like, well, that's not that's not right because it's a it's a final resting place of, you know, the crew of this ship. I mean, the USS Johnston went down with all hands, which I don't, I don't know how many people that was because I didn't put it in the presentation, but it was hundreds of people that died when this, this ship went down. So definitely a tragedy. It's, uh, it's hard to believe. And it's just crazy to believe that the ocean is that deep that even though they knew where the battle was and where it sunk, they had no idea where it remained for 70 years. It was just, I don't know. Good Lord. It's crazy. But that's not enough drama for me, James Cameron. Uh, I need the drama, the intrigue. And that's when I discovered the USS Thresher. Because that's right, folks. This is about another shipwreck, which was a submarine, and I imagine even deeper. Well, it's not deeper because that the the that one is the deepest oh, yeah. uh, confirmed. But this one is a little more uh, of a tragedy in the sense that they didn't have to die. I mean, yeah, this this boat, this submarine was also taking place in World War Two, so of course, like, I mean, it's wartime. But they didn't have to die necessarily, and, and we'll get into that. So th- it's I think that's why it's more of a tragedy to go into because, I mean, the Johnston, I mean, hey, what can you do? Yeah. That's the USS Thresher right there. Uh, as you can see, it is more of a traditional-looking submarine yeah. after the uh, confusion earlier. But can you make any sense of this? looks like metal yeah that's like all i can tell what it is uh this is all that's left of the uss thresher at the bottom of the ocean it just looks like a sheet of metal yeah right like metal yeah just absolute it's uh, and it's like this photo's from the 1960s so it's really hard to tell what you're looking at but yeah all you can see is just destroyed mangled metal which should not be like that (laughs) it looks like it would be like an album cover it does like yeah it totally could be because it's so uh it's so abstract and dark yeah yeah how did this this was uh one of the days that it was being launched there turn into this this is another yeah another photo of uh you can see the the shale deposits that are around the submarine and this uh well i guess i can't see my mouse but where number two is labeled there 
uh, is what appears to be like that thing in the other photo that protrudes out of the water. I don't know what you would call that, but I'll go back to it in a second here. Oh, I see. Okay. That thing. Oh, that makes sense. I see it. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks like that number two, and it looks like number five looks like some sort of wheel, like maybe even like the ship's, not the ship's wheel, but like some sort of gauge. Yeah. It's hard, it's crazy, it's hard to even tell what the scale of this image is, um, but yeah, it's this is all that's left of the USS Thresher at the bottom of the ocean. What the fuck happened? Well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you get a phone oh. call. Oh my god, how terribly embarrassing. <laughs> Let me take this real quick. Hello? What is it, Stella? I'm kind of in the middle of... Sigourney wants how much for Avatar 3? <laughs> well, tell her the studio isn't sure 3 will be a success since 2 hasn't even come out. <laughs> what do you mean, she knows, I know, the studio knows it'll be a billion dollar feature again? Fuck. I knew it was stupid to announce all of the sequels and the projected budgets all at once. <laughs> Listen, give me about 20 minutes. I gotta head up to shore. He's got all the way up to shore? <laughs> <laughs> Say, Zach, you said you knew a little bit about the Thresher disaster, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true, uh, James. I did do a little research. Sweet! Do you think you could give the Motaf listeners the rest of the rundown? I've got to deal with that bitch Sigourney Weaver and her astronomical <laughs> demands. Damn, James. Oh, yeah, I sure can. I sure can. Thanks a bunch. I'll be back before you know it. Got a blast. Don't forget to ascend slowly. You can hurt yourself <laughs> otherwise. Fun fact. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Fun fact, borax can be used to make slime monsters. <laughs> so the USS Thresher uh, was named after the Thresher Shark. Uh, which uh, you might remember uh, they briefly mentioned in Seaspiracy as one of the breeds of sharks that on their graph that they showed has depleted in population by 99% due to the uh, fishing industry and the, you know, yada, yada, yada. Watch Seaspiracy uh, if you're interested in that. But the Thresher shark is one of the sharks that they mention is... Uh, Almost extinct because of that. Good lord. Yeah, exactly. And this this ship, this submarine, was the first in its class. Uh, and there was a whole line of Thresher-class uh, submarines that came out after this. But this was the only one that was actually named the USS Thresher. And it was a nuclear-powered attack submarine um, for the United States Navy. Hence, of course, the USS um, now, it was created to find and destroy Soviet submarines, um, and it launched in 1961. So this is way, this is the Cold War, way after uh, World War II. We're just fucking around, looking at, you know, trying to stay ahead of the Soviets, preparing for impending, any impending battles. Uh, and it was the quietest and fastest sub uh, at the time of its debut there in 1961. Now, in 1962, the USS Thresher was taken in for routine maintenance. They, you know, which, uh, you know, good, good to know they do that. Uh, <laughs> and it didn't re-enter the water until April 8th, 1963. There were a lot of delays. Uh, it says that that's like just normal uh, of the, you know, of the industry that they come into things that they weren't expecting or they have uh, other shit. You know, what the fuck? I mean, they were, it was, it took them about a year. I'm sure it would take a while to work on a fucking yeah. submarine. 
Yeah, exactly, and to make sure that it's safe for, you know, this this crew specifically was 129 people, so, I mean, you definitely want to make sure that you're <laughs> sending them out in a safe... Yeah. ...in a safe vessel. Well, I imagine they weren't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's hard to say, because they didn't necessarily report that there was anything necessarily that was wrong when they went through this maintenance, but whatever happened clearly there was something wrong with the ship that they didn't know about <laughs> because the ship was re uh, cleared and re-entered the water on april 8th 1963 so following the maintenance thresher left maine uh, to meet up with the submarine rescue ship skylark uh now this is this was interesting so these these submarine drills um would always be accompanied by a submarine rescue ship, which had some, I don't know if it actually had the capabilities to rescue them, but it was a ship that went with the submarine and was the person that was in contact with the submarine as it performed its dive testing, because at least at this time, submarines didn't operate by themselves, which I assume that, I mean, they operate by themselves, but it's kind of like, uh, the the paramedics and the firefighters showing up together but now yeah these days i feel like the submarine doesn't necessarily need a submarine rescue ship <laughs> yeah so some 200 miles off the coast of cape cod massachusetts thresher and skylark begin conducting just routine dive testing with the submarine uh before they would go and actually go out and hunt more soviet submarines they need to make sure that the you know it's even more so than what they did at the maintenance thing can we actually go down to these testing depths and how deep can we go with this submarine before we destroy it um so let's you know we'll see what we can do so the first day they performed a quick dr dive test which is the photo that we saw earlier where almost all of the entire submarine is submerged except for the that top fin and then it dove to 1000 feet which was half of the overall test depth uh they they were going to try to go a total of 2000 feet deep um so it dove to 1000 feet and then stayed there overnight and there was nothing wrong that day nothing that you know seemed to be out of the ordinary however the next morning at 6 30 a.m when they woke up or whatever they uh thresher re-established contact with skylark and commenced their deep dive trials which meant that they would dive uh in 100 foot increments and maintain uh, and then remain uh reconnect with skylark be like hey well, you know we're 100 feet deeper and we're still alive uh, that's the idea of that, at least, and they would do that throughout the day until they hopefully made it down to 2,000 feet. So this is the official timeline of events. These are just screenshots from Wikipedia, but this is the <laughs> official. <laughs> this is the official timeline of events that the government or the U.S. Navy has released for what happened to Thresher. So we'll go through that because uh, this is this is part of what you know. I, I could have like written all this out, but whatever. So at 8.09, Commander Harvey of the Thresher reports that we're about to be at half of the test depth. And at 8.25 a.m., they reach it. Thresher reaches 1,000 feet of teps, test depth. They hang out there for a while, and at 9.02, they are. it says Thresher is cruising at just a few knots. Now, submarines normally move slowly and cautiously at great depths unless a sudden jam of the diving planes would uh, send them below their test depth in a matter of seconds. And uh, they noticed that the boat was descending in slow circles. 
So they announced to Skylark that they are going to, you know, shape their course up and they're going to try to fix, like, why are we spinning and descending in slow circles? Um, and at this point, they notice that the transmission quality is starting to degrade. Um, they say possibly as a result of thermocleans, which come up later, but it's, hmm. you know, it's just a result of freezing. It's just freezing, essentially. At 9.09, the Navy's uh, AM, the Navy's official investigation states that at this point, uh, a, a pipe joint ruptured in the engine room out of nowhere. All of a sudden, uh, a pipe just explodes in the engine room. Now, the crew would have instantly attempted to stop this leak. Uh, because, of, I mean, you don't want water to be filling your fucking submarine, obviously. But the at the same time, the engine room would be filling with uh, a cloud of mist because it's different, uh, you know, the different pressures and the different temperatures and all that. So under those circumstances, they're saying that Commander Harvey's likely decision would have been to order full speed, full rise on the fair water planes and blowing the main ballast, which just is uh, the, simply the emergency... Uh, they filling up as fast as they can and getting it to the top of the uh, water without causing them any bends or anything like that. Okay. However, the pressurized air rapidly expanding in the pipes cools down, condensing moisture and depositing it on the temporary strainers, which basically makes means that it starts to freeze, and so none of the air that's supposed to escape to allow the submarine to suddenly ascend to the surface, none of that air could come out, so it was suddenly trapped. The moisture freezes, clogging the strainers and blocking the airflow, halting the effort to blow ballast. So there, there was nowhere for this pressure to go because it, the 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 blowhole essentially is frozen shut now that it's leaking. Good lord. So water leaking from this broken pipe not only started to just fill the submarine, but it actually caused short circuits, which would lead to an automatic shutdown of the ship's nuclear reactor and therefore a loss of propulsion. So now the propellers are no longer running and they have no power. So the logical action at this point would have been for the commander Harvey to order uh, that they move to a battery-powered backup system uh, in order to try to get back to the surface and and, uh, try to contain the flooding. So the engine room crew began to restart this reactor, uh, which was an operation that would be expected to take at least seven minutes. So all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, you know, we just lost all of our power. We need to get the battery power running but that takes seven minutes. So there's seven minutes of dead space where they have no idea what's about to happen to them, which is like the first point where it's like, shit, like this is fucking scary. Are we going to get this thing turned? What, like what the fuck is happening? You know, that's fucking scary. Seven minutes. I I don't even know. It's like that. You would think like an emergency thing, like should be almost instant. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's scary. At nine 12 Skylark, uh, the boat at the top, Pages Thresher on their underwater phone, quote, Gertrude underwater telephone check, K, which means over. So Gertrude underwater telephone check over with no immediate response uh, because Skylark has no idea. It's a Skylark is unaware of what's going on at Thresher. I mean, they're a thousand feet below and they're dealing with a leaking pipe and uh, no power. I mean, they have no idea what's going on. But through all that, the signal K, so over, is repeated twice at 912. It's almost like maybe somebody did hear the the call, and I, I don't know. But uh, So at that point, at 912 at least, they, there were still people down there responding. 
At 9.13, Harvey gets on the phone and reports the status via underwater telephone. The transmission is very garbled, but some words are, un- are recognizable. Quote, we are experiencing minor difficulties, have positive up angle, attempting to blow, unquote. One hypothesis has the submarine growing heavier from water, flooding the engine room, and continuing its descent, probably tail first. So if the water's filling up at the bottom, that would, and they're suddenly tilting, I guess that would explain the positive, or the, uh, whatever he calls, a positive up angle. Uh, but it it kind of almost makes it seem like maybe they thought they were getting out of the they water. They thought they but were they, going up, yeah. yeah. But they were, they were definitely not. Um, another attempt to empty the ballast is performed. What again? It fails because of the formation of ice. So it still wasn't working. There's obviously the ice hadn't melted yet. They're still in the same condition they were before, except they're sinking even faster now because the water from the pipe is still filling up the engine room. Now, at this point, officers on Skylark can hear the hiss of compressed air over the loudspeaker. At this point, so confirming that there is some sort of leak or loud noise going on at 9:14, skylark acknowledges all of this information with roger out and awaits further updates from the submarine a follow-up message uh they send they send and let them know there are no contacts in the area to uh to let thresher know that she can resurface quickly there's no other uh boats in the area so you don't have to worry about you know hitting anything just if you can get the fuck up here 9:15, skylark reaches back out to thresher uh, about her intentions, uh, he they say, quote, my course 270 degrees, interrogative range and bearing from you, unquote. There is no response, and Skylark's captain, Lieutenant Commander Hecker, sends his own Gertrude underwater telephone message to the submarine, quote, are you in control, unquote. I'm like getting goosebumps. That's, That's so That's scary, ominous. yeah. It's really scary, yeah. <laughs> At 916, Skylark picks up another garbled transmission from Thresher, transcribed in their log as, quote, 900N, unquote. The meaning of this message is unclear and was not discussed at the inquiry. It may have indicated the submarine's depth and course, or it may have referred to a Navy, quote, event number, unquote, uh, 1,000 indicating loss of submarine, with the N signifying a negative response to the query from Skylark, are you in control? So, uh, interesting theory there. Nobody, ultimately, nobody knows what the 900N means to this day. There, Like it says, there are multiple theories, and a couple of them are in this presentation. 917, a second transmission is received with the partially recognizable phrase, quote, exceeding test depth, unquote. The hypothetical leak from the broken pipe grows with increased pressure. So, at, that, at 917, they were sinking below 2,000 meters, which was the, or 2,000 feet, which was the test depth. So they realized they were sinking at that point. And at 918, Skylark detects a high-energy, low-frequency oh noise God. characteristic of an implosion. Oh, my God. This is all within a matter of, like, 20 minutes, too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Two minutes later, at 920, after they hear the implosion, Skylark continues to page Thresher, repeatedly calling for a radio check, a smoke bomb, or some other indication of the boat's condition. At 11.04 a.m., Skylark attempts to transmit a message to the commander of submarines Atlantic Fleet, quote, unable to communicate with Thresher since 9.17, have been calling by UQC voice and all these other different things every minute. Explosive signals every 10 minutes with no success. Last transmission received was garbled, indicated Thresher was approaching test depth, conducting expanding search. 
Radio problems meant that they didn't receive or respond to the message until over an hour and 45 minutes later. At 12.45, Hecker uh, initiated event uh, submiss, which means loss of a submarine, uh, procedures at 11.21, and continued to repeatedly hail Thresher until after 5 p.m. that day. They sat there all day trying to to ring and see if they could get a hold of them, which is really sad. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Truly, uh, when I read that, truly one of the saddest things to like go through and start to imagine, especially just from the perspective of the people in the submarine. Yeah. Who had at least probably, I mean, even though the implosion happened and, and they probably, you know, based on like just the way implosions are, they, they, the human nervous system probably didn't have any pain during the implosion, but uh, they definitely knew that something was wrong, and I feel like the sense of fear would be palpable. Oh my god, of course. Um, so here uh, on the, here's a, a GIF, uh, definitely worth going to check out uh, on the YouTube if you haven't been following the presentation. That kind of explains a little bit. I'll start playing it. It kind of explains a little bit about uh, what happened with the ballast thing and how it froze up. So here's the water that starts leaking in the back of the thing there in the engine room and how that starts pulling them off course. Um, So when they start to blow, when they start to try to blow out all this air and go back to the land, uh, we'll see here in a minute, the air would go and start to fill the ballast tank. And then as soon as the first few gasps got out, it started to freeze the water oh. that was coming into the on the outside, you know, causing ice to form. And all of a sudden, the valve is no longer useful. It's blocked oh, with complete ice. Shit. And they're basically in a tomb. Lord. A floating, sinking tomb that they can't control because the nuclear reactor... And there it goes, sinking. Sinking, sinking, sinking. Out of the frame. Pretty scary stuff, uh, (laughs) to say the least. Yeah. Especially because the thing that was put in place to uh, keep them safe, the the ballast system, uh, did not work. I mean, that's... That's scary. I mean, that's like finding out that like the emergency exits on an airplane don't work. I mean, or that the Titanic doesn't have enough lifeboats. You're like, what? Well, how the fuck? Yeah. That's, that's supposed to work. <laughs> By mid-afternoon, more than 15 submarines and other rescue ships began combing the waters to find Thresher and potentially save her crew. But by 6.30 p.m., a call was made to the family of the crew, and Thresher was officially declared lost at sea with all hands That's on deck. tragic. Truly tragic. Especially because they were just test... It was just a test dive, and they ended up diving to the bottom of the ocean and dying. Uh, the remains of the USS Thresher were not found until June of 1964, nearly three months after it sank. It was found by the boat Mizar... The hull had broken into five sections, and it rests currently 8,600 feet below sea level, which, for comparison, is 12,000 feet higher than the USS Johnston, which is just unbelievable to imagine how deep that is. Good God. A true tragedy. Absolutely, dude. An absolute out-and-out tragedy. Oh, James Cameron's back. (laughs) 
Sorry for the delay, everybody. I got Sigourney taken care of. I trust that Zach filled you in on the terrible pipe disaster (laughs) that led to Thresher's implosion. Tragic, isn't it? I certainly think so. Once I get Avatar 4 out, I'm going to start working on a Thresher movie, and then... Huh? Uh, excuse me. Who are you? I'm Bruce Rule. (laughs) Who? I'm Bruce Rule. I was the U.S. Office of Naval (laughs) Intelligence lead acoustic analyst for 42 years. Uh, and? And I'm here to say James Cameron is wrong. Uh oh. <laughs> some what? true some true drama here. This is an alternate theory that uh Robert or whatever his name is, I already forgot, Mr. Rule uh put out here. Now his theory is based on a highly classified sound surveillance system, uh known as SOSUS. Uh, data. This data wasn't even discussed in the congressional hearings or in the court of inquiry. It was that uh, highly classified, but wow. it was this. It was this dude's job to to analyze this information, and this is the theory that he came up with based on this sound surveillance. Uh, he's going to let me explain it because appearing in a presentation from the bottom of the ocean takes a lot of work. <laughs> Uh, Rule concluded that the primary cause of the sinking was a failure of the electrical bus that powered the main coolant pumps. Now, at 9-11, after two minutes of uh, electrical instability, the bus failed, causing the main coolant pumps to turn off. Uh, Now, this caused an immediate reactor scram, resulting in a loss of propulsion. So what all that means is, (laughs) uh, at 9-11, there there was that uh, electrical instability that they were talking about that they heard over the transmissions uh, in Skylark. And uh, after that, this guy believes, based on the sonar evidence, that then the electrics were cut out, the pumps turned off, which then caused the whole thing to overload and lose all power that that's what caused it not leaking water and that is what caused the loss of propulsion which started them sinking now with no propulsion and no way to de-ballast because he he agrees that the pipe was probably frozen and that's why they couldn't get out of the out of the water oh so he just kind of adds something on there exactly that thresher began to sink Now, his analysis holds that Thresher was intact until she imploded, meaning that flooding played no role in the reactor or the sinking, which would be completely contrary to the official story released by the Navy. And it doesn't seem like that's, like, such a big deal, but it is kind of, it is, you know, you're kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of creepy. But why do you think that rule, James Cameron asks? Well, firstly... There was no sound of flooding recorded in the SOSIS data. So like he said, he's like, oh, it, definitely, it definitely, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been flooded because we don't have that evidence in the, in the sound recording. But also Skylark was able to maintain communication with Thresher and no one reported hearing anything. No one said there's, you know, like he says yeah, here. You hear that. Yeah. If there was even a minor leak at test depth, which was a thousand feet below sea level, remember, it would have been a loud roar. No way the Skylark boys wouldn't have been able to hear the them hear the guys in Thresher over that noise. They probably wouldn't have even been able to, the men in Thresher probably wouldn't have even been able to hear the radio to begin with if it was that loud. Huh. Not only that, but when the commanders when the commander of Thresher spoke to Skylark, he said they were having quote minor difficulties 
would you ever call a flooding submarine 1,000 plus feet underwater a, quote, minor difficulty? No. No, I guess I wouldn't. (laughs) He says, I know I wouldn't. Hi, everybody. I'm Admiral Dean L. Axine, the original commander of the Thresher. Uh, not the man who died uh, commanding the Thresher, but the person who gave him uh, gave up his position, uh, I guess, to the, the, the second commander. I wonder if he's like Mark Wahlberg from like 9-11. Like, if I would have been on that ship, I would have saved it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he believes that because he's like, you know, I, I wouldn't have never, I would have never lost. You know, I mean, that's probably how they all think. <laughs> like, it was a tragedy, but if I'd still been in charge of the Thresher, she'd still be here today in a museum, not at the bottom of the ocean, damn it. Right. <laughs> uh, I testified, this guy, uh, Dean, uh, literally uh, testified to that when he appeared in the court uh, of inquiry. They said, would you consider a leaking pipe at test depth a, quote, minor difficulty? And I said, quote, no, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the support, Admiral Axine. <laughs> But what about the 900N transmission? How do you explain that, Mr. Rule? Ah, yes. I interpret the 900 from Thresher at 9.17 a.m. as a reference to test depth, signifying that they were 900 feet below test depth. That puts Thresher about 2,400 feet deep when she imploded. But don't worry, though. It was likely so fast the human nervous system couldn't perceive it. Truly so tragic. Huh? Who the fuck Uh, is this? There's a red one now? You guys are both wrong. Hi, I'm a Redditor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, this is how they fucking are too. (laughs) Mr. Rule, your freedom of information request released like a ton of documents, dude, in 2021. Zach? Thank you, Redditor. That's my my cue to read the next slide if it ever loads. The Seawolf Papers. Now, the USS Seawolf was one of the many vessels that responded and attempted to rescue Thresher on that fateful day in 1964, but its findings were kept classified until this year, 2021, when, uh, as a part of the Freedom of Information request uh, that Mr. Rule had put in, uh, over 600 documents related to the Thresher disaster have been released and uncertified by the CIA and all that, all those organizations uh, have unredacted and uncertified or unclassified all of this information. So as recently as 2021, this is a the newest information we have about the Thresher disaster, and it really does paint it in a much more tragic light, if you can believe oh, that. Lord. So the Sea Wolf arrives over here, and at 10:30 a.m. on April 11th, uh, the Sea Wolf submarine begins diving in the area where Thresher was last noted. Over an hour later, their sonar discovered a stationary object 2,000 yards below. Seawolf closed in on the target but lost contact when another ship passed overhead. At 12.11 p.m., Seawolf heard via a RICOM receiver a signal from a distress beacon or pinger known as the BQC. Now, this beacon, which is fitted on every submarine, needs to be activated manually to broadcast a signal. And at 12.11, they hear this, this beacon, this distress signal, which can only be activated manually. Now, Seawolf used their UQC underwater telephone and requested that, because at this point, they're assuming, hey, we found, a, we found it, we're in the area, we're looking for this thing. Yeah. There's a stationary object 2,000 feet down there, and we just heard the distress yards. signal. 
Yeah, 2,000 yards. So they requested that, at this point, they assume this is Thresher. So they request that Thresher turn their beacon on and off. And a few minutes later, Seawolf reports, quote, we hear what may be interrupted keying now, which suggests that somebody responded and was turning on and off this distress signal at the bottom of the ocean. Seawolf broke contact with the potential thresher to resurface and report this new information. Now, the, the, uh, the systems, they, as a submarine, there was nothing they could do to save them. They could only really locate them if they were alive. So they, and they have no way of contacting the, the boat back on, on land because there, there's all these different fucking, you know, boats flying around. So they go, have to go back up and they lose contact with what it might be thresher but they dive back down and initiate this new communication with this potential thresher they say quote if you hear my transmission key your underwater telephone which would be a different signal than this beacon and at 1:55 p.m seawolf reported that it received via the underwater telephone the emergency beacon tone three times oh. five minutes later another two tones were heard at this point, Seawolf believed there were people alive on Thresher. Without a doubt, they believed that people were down there. I mean, they're responding. I mean, why wouldn't they believe that? I would believe it. At 2.15 p.m., the crew of the Seawolf reports that they are hearing the sonar from the Thresher. That from the bottom of the ocean, they can hear their sonar pinging out. And if that's true, this would indicate that there were not only survivors, but also enough power reserves on board to transmit the signal. Because I guess you have to have electricity to transmit a signal, of course. Yeah. So that would be pretty contradictory to just imploding and sinking to the bottom of the ocean. At 2.24 p.m., the report notes that the sonar on the thresher stopped transmitting, likely after the battery became exhausted. But in total, the Seawolf heard no fewer than 37 pings from the sonar of what it identified as the stricken submarine. It received 37 responses to their questions. You know, tell me if you're alive. It's like if, if, if they were doing a ghost hunt, they would be, have the most evidence ever. Literally. You know what I mean? Like, so, so really just what this shows is that it didn't implode. Right, that essentially they sunk to the bottom of the ocean and and died there, S- survived and and died there most likely, as it's yeah as you're as you're suggesting. This is a, an actual doc, a page from the document uh, it says to Thresher quote We hear your underwater telephone. If you will send five dashes, we will have positive identification. Send five dashes. Send five dashes. Frequency shifts between the two BQCs are now quite evident. Turn to 230 degrees to Thresher. Continue keying your underwater telephone. Turn to 240 degrees, present bearing and hearing the tone. Uh, They keep hearing the signals. Both frequencies are from the same place. They say, send victors, send letter V, send letter V. To You know, they want to keep clarifying that this is, these are people. And there it says there at the bottom, total of 37 pings heard and counted on the RICOM. That's, I mean, it's not like it's one or two. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's they were thirty-seven. Alive. Yeah, they these people these people were alive. Uh, it seems, and and that makes it even more tragic. Oh my god! Uh, now at two thirty-three p.m., the Sea Wolf reports that it quote may hear a very weak voice unquote over the RICOM receiver, but that the communications were too garbled to make sense of. It kind of reminds me of like in um. 
47 meters down where the girls are trapped in the in this in the shark cage at the bottom of the ocean and they keep yeah. trying to and you keep you hear on the boat the transmission that they get from the radio and it's literally like uh-huh. you know what i mean so i believe it the communications were too garbled to make sense of. now if at 2:33 p.m. like the like 3 days later this person is still down there talking like that's desperate that's really sad to think about yeah on their third dive the sonar operators aboard seawolf reported that they began to hear quote the telltale banging of metal upon metal unquote suggesting that someone aboard the thresher was trying to make contact by literally banging on the side of the, the boat possibly as hard as they could with a piece of metal. So they heard that through sonar? Yeah. Wow. They could hear them, potentially, if that is what it is, they could hear them banging metal against the side of the hull of the thresher, trying in, in any way to make contact. Because at this point, all of their batteries gone. They have no communication. They can't get a hold of anybody. I mean, that's that's it. That's the only... If they're, if they're going to have any chance of living, it's going to be banging on the side of this thing and uh, i mean i just can't even imagine that why would they do all this testing near the mariana tramp Trent? yeah i i know it doesn't yeah it's like that doesn't make any sense like you need to why would yeah why go to the place where you're gonna sink and be like completely inaccessible to ever get to (laughs) bang five times on the hull was the request of the sea wolf after they heard them banging on the hull they didn't hear five bangs, but they started to hear it in groups of three. Bang, 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 bang. I, it's hard to say, you know, who, who you know, who can know. It says that the, uh, Seawolf successfully made active sonar contact again, meaning they saw it down there again, finally. And they heard three more raps on the hull at 8.30 p.m. Yeah, so it's hours and hours oh and days later God. at this point. And they're still banging... Without any way of really knowing that they're being heard, you know, and they're still down there banging on the on the whole That's on the hull horrible. of the ship. Truly terrible. Uh, really sad. Unfortunately, on the Sea Wolf's fourth and final dive, they reported no beacons, no pings, no banging or voices. And on top of that, Sea Wolf could not reestablish active sonar contact. And at five fifty-five a.m., the dive was called off. Good God. Pretty tragic, to say the least. <laughs> uh, the Redditor says, Freaky, huh? James Cameron says, Really freaky. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Rule says, I've heard about all of this nonsense I can take. On July 15th, 2021, shortly after these documents came out, I, Bruce Rule, had this to say. And this is a direct quote from Bruce Rule, who testified in 1963 and is still around to talk about this quote the sea wolf report the presenter is reading from is correct but the final report certified it was false readings sea wolf was confused by active sonar and noise created by the other destroyers and the diesel submarine sea owl who were searching for thresher that same day she meaning sea wolf mistook all sounds from the searching ships as banging on the hull and sonar pings from thresher it was a mistake Frankly, I'm done here. This is all hogwash. Keep the dumb theories on our thalassophobia, <laughs> you fucking dweeb. <laughs> and there goes Bruce Rule back to the surface. <laughs> Damn. The 
Redditor says, that hurt my feelings. I have to go post on our safe space. (laughs) (laughs) I love that the Redditor is red, too. Yeah, right. (laughs) And he ascends to the surface, which leaves us with James Cameron, who simply says, well, what do you guys think happened to the USS Thresher? I have honestly no clue, but I do know that my movie adaptation will be expensive and cool (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) And that's... That is the USS Thresher disaster. We definitely got to do more like this because that was intense. That was really intense. And uh, there there they are on eternal watch as they float float by at the end of the presentation. That's crazy. It is really crazy. Now, uh, when I read that, I was just as enthralled as I think you were listening to it because it's it's stunning to think of you know you you think about these disasters and you're like oh yeah like that ship sank like you just you don't even think about it just being the minute detail like that and it's like sometimes you do have to see it as a movie to really like put yourself in that situation and and i think that's why i like these like these like really specific disaster you know minute like just reading about it because i'm like i can really picture that you know, the disaster scene of the movie. You know, you always get all the information like, oh yeah, like they this was the people on board and this is what happened and this is where they found it. But you don't really think it's about... Kind of like hearing black box recordings too from airplanes that go yes. down. Yes. Yep. Just as scary. It's, it's scary. It's it's so it's so intimidating and it's it's freaky. And uh, it's, it's a reminder that at like any time you could die in a freak accident. I mean, I don't think the men of the Thresher... All 129 men that died that day, which is sad to say, uh, obviously. You know, pour one out for the, for the fallen. <laughs> rest in peace to them. Yeah. You know, it's... it's it's just crazy because it's hard to say, you know, and so a lot of people are like, well, I watched this one like 45 minute video about this guy like reading all of the, he like, he read all, I read all 600 pages so you don't have to. Uh. And he kind of went over this whole thing and went through the whole scenario. And it was interesting. He was definitely a Reddit bro, you know, a Redditor. Was he? But he can't, yeah, oh yeah. And, and he came out and he was like, why would they lie to us? I'm pissed. Why would the Navy lie to us? And, you know, I'm kind of thinking, you, you know, um, you've seen The Martian. Yeah. You know, there's that scene where they're talking about, they're like, well, we're going to obviously try to save Matt Damon because he's stuck on the moon. But I think we also <laughs> need to release a statement just in case we find out that we can't save Matt Damon on the moon. And so they start dra- they're like, you know, just say like, oh, you know, we I can't they mention it in the movie. They they read part of it and it says something like Mother Earth sent one of theirs to Mars and now we have to leave him there like he's a hero like something like that. And so in the same way, it's kind of like was the navy maybe the sea wolf was contacting thresher maybe they really were down there banging on the side of the hole maybe and maybe the navy something they didn't even they didn't want the families to know that's what i'm saying like wouldn't you rather think that they died instantly suffered no pain they weren't afraid than to think that 129 men potentially starved to death maybe had like mutinies down at the bottom of the ocean like fighting you know who knows what the fuck happened at the bottom of the ocean for x amount of days that they lived down there if they did it's dark stuff yeah 
It's dark stuff, Holy to shit. say the least. I'm going to be thinking that, about this for a while. I know, and that's part of what, like, I get, I get like, lost in them, and I start thinking about it. And, yeah, it does kind of change you. Once you learn about it, you're like, wow, that's, like, really tragic. And, you know, you're like, eh. sometimes it's a little depressing. There's no doubt, especially talking <laughs> about this much morbidity and death. You know, but what can you do? What can you do? It's I mean, life. accidents happen, tragic things happen, but the ocean's scary, folks. If you're going to be a submarine person, you know, just think about the fact that the ocean is a cruel mistress. Uh, and, you know, I got to say, in this same vein, if you're thinking, hey, I'd like to see a movie that's about a, a sea disaster, I do recommend The Perfect Storm. It's on HBO Max oh, yeah. right now. It's from 2000, but really good, and it's uh, it's about a it's about a shipping uh, a fishing boat that also has a encounters a terrible terrible struggle. Very good movie, folks. Uh, but until next time, until we do this next, we'll, we'll definitely pick up another disaster. There, oh, we got There's a lot of disasters to go over, and it definitely seemed like it made a good gravy. So, uh, oh yeah. Until then, folks, hang in there. Try not to get killed in a submarine accident. And until next time. Stay mate. Confirmed. No butterfly wings. <laughs>